new, 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 we're doing all the safe things. We are shipping instantly. When you place an order, you're helping all of us out. A woman-owned New York City manufacturing company. All these photos are taken pre-COVID. So please place an order and uh, keep us going. First up, we have a coming soon. Um, I'll do this one. This yep. is the CircuitPython 6 poster. Bruce designed this. We'll have this in the store soon. You can sign up. We always have a limited number of these because we are not a poster company. We're an electronics company, but we celebrate every version of CircuitPython um, with some type of theme or art or something. We wanted to kind of uh, take you back to, back to when there was box art. Um, and more so. I love that. Yeah. Now they just have simulated box art. This, so, is, a, this is a real poster. This is a real poster. This is CircuitPython 6. There's lots of little Easter eggs that if you look close in the poster, but it's available adafruit.com slash new. You can sign up when it's going to be in stock. Next up. Okay. Next up, I got some new products from Seed Studios. They came by. Speaking of CircuitPython, this runs CircuitPython. They're right. So right, it's CircuitPython. They were actually on the show and tell, I think, demoing some CircuitPython example code. So this is a, it's a, it's basically a Pi portal in a case. It's a SAMD51 with a two-ish inch screen. It's got a couple buttons at the top. It's got a joystick. Um, it's got some Grove connectors on the bottom, which you can use with the STEM IQT connector. It's got USB-C. It doesn't have a battery inside. So you do have to power it separately. Um, there's, I think, an external battery pack if you'd like. Um, and it has Wi-Fi, uh, like a Wi-Fi module as well as like an, I think, SD slot here. And this, I don't know exactly what this is. Maybe it's a speaker output. And yeah, we recently got um, CircuitPython running on it. So you can see here, uh, you know, you plug it in, it comes up with the terminal. Um, you can start writing your CircuitPython code, shows up as a disk drive, and you've got um, display support already done. You've got sensor support already done. So CircuitPython is definitely, this is what we're, we think it would be a really good yeah. um, use for. It's the batteries included theme that Python's known for. Yeah. Um, Make Magazine, next volume, 74, has CircuitPython featured on the cover. It's all about Python on hardware. And we're seeing um, companies like Seed using things like the Feather Form Factor, but also using things like CircuitPython because you just get so much literally out of the box. Yep. So this is exciting. This is There's super also cool. like a Raspberry Pi-like header. I think you can either plug it into a Pi or you can plug Pi accessories into it. And then there's like some mounting holes and maybe like these are magnets. So I, don't, I don't know for sure. And yeah. uh, it's super cute. I like it. It's like a very small, um, you know, great, again, great for CircuitPython because you get all the sensors, USB native, um, a little bit of storage and um, user interface, which we have support for joysticks and buttons and everything. So um, you can pick these up. We're out of stock right now, but we have a couple more on order. So sign up and you'll get notified when they're back in stock. Okay, uh, next up we have a couple wheels. Yeah, I got a couple wheels. These are cool wheels. They're very special wheels. These are Mechanum wheels. Uh, these are the first Mechanum wheels mm. we've stocked. Yeah, it looks cute, right? So these are really special because you're like, what's going on with these like hair rollers? So these wheels are kind of special because they can act as normal wheels. You know, they can roll forward and backwards. But if you have a four-wheeled rover that has two left style and two right style ones, 
you can by by breaking and then moving some of the um, wheels in a certain way you can move in like any direction you want you can go diagonal you can go to left right um, you know it's not going to be the smoothest motion but it absolutely does work so you get um, these like grippy rubber nubbins on the outside so these are like silicone they're soft and they're grippy so um, it can move side to side there's two kinds there's the right version you can kind of see there's like an r sculpted into it and then this one is the left version so um, if you look carefully you'll see they go in opposite directions one one's left one's right you need two of each so don't make a mistake and get four of the same one. You can't do that if you want to get the omnidirectional motion. Um, and then we have these, they come with a little insert, which is really nice. We got them extra, just a little bit of extra. And what this is, is a, it, it's, I think it can be used with Lego cross axle and definitely can be used with um, TT motor, which is like this uh, low cost uh, motor that we have a lot of mounts and chassis for. So you, you, know, you plug this in and then you have a four-wheeled rover that can move in any direction. These are very you know, small but inexpensive wheels. And for mechanum wheels, like these are very inexpensive. They used to be 20 bucks a piece and now these are like under $5. So um, if you wanted to make a unidirectional rover, you, we finally have wheels that'll let you do the job. In a beautiful B, yellow and black color. All right, next spin, spin, spin. Next up, we have some PS RAM. Um, the pseudo SRAM is 64 megabits, so that's 8 megabytes. Um, very useful if you are building an ESP32 based project and you want some external PS RAM, you want more RAM um, that will be automatically memory mapped. Uh, also, the Teensy 4.1 I think has a spot on the bottom that you can solder this chip in, um, and it can also address this as pseudo RAM, like it thinks it's real RAM. It's slower, of course, because it's going to be using QSPY. Uh, instead of having it being on the die of the chip itself. But, you know, for a couple bucks, if you need a project that has like eight megabytes of RAM, this is really the only way to do it because a lot of chips, you, you sometimes you can have external execute in place flash, but this is kind of the only solution for, you know, in place memory mapped SRAM. All right, next up. Next up, we've got a cute acrylic cut case for the clue. See that? Five times fast. Um, we've got a bunch of micro bit cases, but they don't really fit the clue because the clue has so many more sensors and it's got this display and it's got Bluetooth and all that stuff. So um, we just designed a really simple, you know, five piece, six piece case. Um, I've got one here. Um, it's a couple of acrylic pieces that you sandwich together. Um, there's uh, nylon screws that you assemble as well. And then um, it protects, let's see this in it protects your clue while still letting you press the buttons so you can turn stuff on and off um, you get access to the alligator clips and you can even plug this into like a micro bit uh, plug accessory like um, you know we have the the micro bit cricket you can plug this in while it's still in the case um, you can use alligator clips or you can use like the buckaroo bonsai so uh, a nice protective cover just keeps your clue nice and safe. It even covers the TFT screen, which is nice. All right, next up. Uh, this is kind of new. It's actually more like in stock now. Uh, we previewed this about a month ago, and we got a couple hundred of these in. These are these low-cost 
HDMI to USB to converters. Um, they do look up to 1080p. There is some compression, um, but they're very low cost. And so if you just want a very inexpensive way of say getting Raspberry Pi video data in or game or you know console or DVR player or whatever in input into a computer um, what's nice is that it just shows up as like a normal camera so yeah. you can use any camera software you like and it just sort of like magically appears with audio and video so um, you know if you want to do I think this could be really useful especially for people who want to do like video capture from single board computers because you often have HDMI output, but then it's like, how do you, how can you capture yeah. that? You know, you can, you can uh, VPN in, but this is, I think, a little bit better. And again, it's really inexpensive. It's only about like 20 bucks. Yeah, we used this for Ask an Engineer and Show and Tell a few weeks back when we were doing testing. And I, I used it for all meetings. I wanted to use it with everything just to see if anyone would even notice. Yeah. Um, because people on Twitter like to say they notice things. Did they um, notice? No one noticed. Nobody noticed. Um, and so we were really happy with it. It was battle tested with, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of viewers ultimately with all our shows. So uh, we liked them, so we're stocking them, and now we have them. Yep. Okay. Next all up. Right, next up. We it's got... what everybody knows and talks about now. Mask, 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 some pretty nice multi-layer cotton masks that have a little insert area that you can put a PM 2.5 filter into. And, uh, you know, these are not, you know, of course they work fine for keeping you from breathing and coughing and sneezing on other people. But what the filters are really for is for um, reducing air pollution and pollen. So if you're somebody who commutes and, you know, you are breathing in, uh, you know, fumes or pollen or dirt from the environment, you want to have a filtering mask um, this one has a nice, like, it's cut and shaped in a really nice way, so it kind yeah. of hu hugs the face very well. And it has these filter inserts, and it comes with, like, four inserts. So you can use them, and after a week, toss them out and replace them. Yep. Okay. It works great without the filters as well, of course. Next up. Next up, we've got a long time coming, the ICM2948. This is a upgrade to the TDK InventSense MPU 9250. It's a nine degree of freedom sensor, so it's got triple axis accelerometer, gyroscope, magnetometer. Um, it also has this uh, DMP fusion system built in, which we don't have code for just yet, but we're looking into. Um, but as a nine DOF sensor, it's it's kind of nice. Uh, in Vincent's, uh, you know, as we talked about INMPI a couple weeks ago, they're well known for um, their sensors being used in all sorts of gaming and uh, virtual reality headset type applications. So these sensors are really good quality. It's a good alternative if you're like, okay, I tried the ST sensors, I want something else. Um, we've People have found that the ICM TDK InventSense sensors are also lower noise in some situations. So you might want to try both this and the ST series 9DOF sensors if you want to like compare and contrast. Um, but we have this on a very cute STEMI QT breakout. Works great over I2C. We have Arduino and CircuitPython slash Python codes. You can use it with Raspberry Pi or your Wio terminal that we just showed off or pretty much anything that has I2C. There's also SPI pins. Um, all are level shifted. So if you want to use SPI instead, you can do that. And then there's a couple other pins uh, exposed for like, there's like an external I2C interface if you'd like. But pretty much you can use I2C or SPI to communicate with the nine sensors on board. All right, next up. 
All right, next up. This is also a little bit delayed, but finally in. We have the 20 kilogram version of um, this uh, strain sensor. So these are sensors that are used in scales, so like literally for weighing things. Um, there's a, sort of a resistive sensor and it's bonded onto the side of this metal aluminum chunk and there's like mounting holes. And then you get um, the four wires output from the resistive sensor and then you can use that to measure the, the change as the piece of metal gets flexed. And it doesn't have to be flexed very much for you to um, take a measurement, but it's also strong enough that it can take up to 20 kilograms of force. So let's show off, got a little demo here. Let me see if I can get this up and running. Uh-oh, live demo. Uh-oh. The curse of a live demo. One second. Okay, there you go. Um, okay, so you've got this, um, this is being read by an amplifier, so you need like a 24-bit amplifier because the, the changes in the resistance are um, so slight. Sorry. Okay, um, and as you um, press, I'm kind of pressing on this, you see the number goes to like negative 30,000. And then if I press in the other direction, it goes to like a positive 90,000. So you can measure flex in both negative and positive directions. Um, but you do need an amplifier. So pick up like a 24-bit, uh, I think the HX711 or the NAU7802 are fine um, strain gauge sensors. Either one will do the job. Um, and then you'll need to calibrate it based on your weight. So use a known weight to calibrate it, and then you can use it to measure any weight you like. All right, next up. Okay, this is also kind of updated, kind of new. Uh, so we've stopped these OLED, these monochrome OLED screens for a very long time, but now we have updated them to have STEM IQT connectors. We're kind of going through, and you'll see just about every week we add um, a new or revised sensor or product that now will have I2C plug and play connectivity. Uh, so this was due for a little bit of a refresh, so we're like, let's make it a little bit smaller. It's still pin compatible with the previous version, but there's a couple of improvements. One, of course, there's this plug and play connector on the back, so you can uh, chain it along with other sensors, or you can use it on a breadboard. Um, it now comes with I2C by default instead of SPI, since that's what most people are using. Um, it's a little bit smaller, but the pinout is the same. So if you're using it in a wiring diagram, the wiring diagram is gonna be identical. Um, and we added auto reset circuitry, so you don't have to connect the reset pin if you don't like, and uh, you can see this OLED screen on the overhead because that's what I've been using for this strain uh. relief demo. So you can see here, it's plugged into um, a Feather M4 using these breadboard to stem IQT cable, and then this cable goes to another sensor. So it's kind of nice because you can daisy chain um, I2C sensors as much as you like. And uh. it's a cute little display. It's only about an inch diagonal, but very clear and readable uh, due to it being an OLED display. All right, the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, the community, and all of our customers, is this. It's very interesting. This is an ST25DV16, which is a EEPROM 
uh, NFC, uh, I squared C slash NFC EEPROM. So it's like electrically, you know, the EEPROM, it's electrically programmable memory. Um, but what's cool is you can program it and read it over I squared C or RFID. And so it's basically like an RFID tag that has a little bit of smarts in it. So you can like reprogram it dynamically over I squared C whenever you like. Um, and in you know, this case, for example, we have it, um, hold on, I can show it off. We've got, um, well, I've got this, this video, but you want to, you want to, the, you want yeah, to I'll show it live. All right. So I'll show how, how this works, which is very interesting. Um, so there's good, it's got two MQT connectors and you use I squared C to talk to it. And there's an Arduino library that ST wrote that lets you write NFC URLs. Um, and then this is a 13.56 megahertz. Uh, transceiver built in, but it can self-power from the RFID um, antenna. This is an antenna here. So, you know, I can unplug the connector so you see like it's not being powered. There's no power going into it. Um, but then when I touch it, oh, yeah. it will uh, take me to its own product, which is oh, cool. Hey. So, it's self-identifying. It's self yes. That's, um, that's me. Yeah, so <laughs> hi. So it works as an RFID tag, but you can program it over I squared C. And then if you're really advanced, you can also use it as a way of communicating like with an app over RFID by sending like multiple messages. That's not covered in the Arduino library that we've seen. It's a more advanced topic, but it is something that's possible. Um, but what's kind of neat is like, you know, we set this up with an Arduino and we just wrote like incrementing URLs to it. And then when we put the phone on it, the phone was like, oh, found a new tag, found a new tag, found a new tag. So I think there's maybe some situation where people want to have, you know, an NFC tag, but they want it to be able to change dynamically. They want to be able to program it from a microcontroller. And then as people, you know, tap it, it takes them to the different location or it like authenticates something differently. So, um, only thing to watch out for, there's no Python library for this. Um, there's only an Ar uh, C Arduino library written by ST. And you need to use a chip with a significant amount of RAM. I tried an Uno and it didn't work. So don't use like a 328P. Use like a SAMD21 or an ESP8266. Any, any chip that has more memory than about like 2K should be fine. But I definitely tried um, a cl classic Uno and it didn't work. And they wrote it, of course, for their ST chips, which are uh, much more powerful. And that's the start of the show. All right. And with that, is new products. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lady Ada. There was a lot of new products. We got through them. New, 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 new.